Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. We had to stall uh, because somebody was a little late getting in the door. It, literally, the door thing doesn't, you know, you used to punch it in and boom, it click open. And I know what you mean. The, I know the, what you mean. Yeah, there's a delay that has taken hold. But not trashing the equipment or the quality of anything in Manhattan broadcasting. No, not just, you know, getting in the building is like getting into an NYC pawn shop. <laughs> Gotta get buzzed it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the bodega, the bodega cat to walk by. Okay, he's good. I'd that, like to pawn that, this TV. That's <laughs> an, that is an experience I can't say I've ever had. I, ha- right. I, ha- I have. Okay. It's actually quite wild because it's, I mean, it's basically 90% jewelry, watches, necklaces, and all that. And the other... The rest of it is everything else, like weird stuff, old, <laughs> old GPSs, and you know. What am I gonna do with this? I'll give you five bucks. First generation of the iPad. <laughs> the Walkman in there every once in a while. Does anybody have an iPod? Like a for uh... somebody's old C CD case. <laughs> what was this? Some kind of treasure? It was called a jewel case. Um, you guys do need to see the collection over at Hale Library, by the way, on that note. Of CDs? Of uh, classic uh, gear like that, yes. Oh. oh. Yeah, I just got a new car recently, and I'm glad they didn't see this. They might have jacked the price up me. I thought it's got, a, it's got a CD player in it, and I was like, that's the whole reason I bought it, right? <laughs> yeah. I was just sitting there. I was showing my mom the car and everything, and I was like, I'll just hit the eject button. It's got its own mixtape in it. 16 songs. It's just written jams on the top of oh, it. Oh, wow. That's a good find. I was That's like, boy, funny. I'm glad they didn't see this. They would jack the price up on me. Jams with a Z? Yeah, or, with oh, a Z. Oh. You know what's uh, kind of become obsolete now is the aux cord. Huh? Yeah. Because everything's mm-hmm. Bluetooth yeah. now. I remember how big of a deal it was to have an aux cord and, all right, who's running the aux to, you know, on a road trip or whatever? I miss aux cords because I feel like the, I feel like the sound quality was better. When it's Bluetooth, it's like hit or miss. You can get louder. When yeah. I when I got my first car, it was a '93 uh, uh, Ford Escort, Ooh. tan, tan. I mean, Oof. a real a real full four cylinder. Oh, it's a beater. And it still had a tape player. So what I had to do is I had a portable CD player. Oh yeah, baby. And I yep. would get the uh, ca- uh, cassette connection. Oh yep. yeah, adapter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a, I had one of those too in my Dude, 03 Trailblazer. Strongest it was, connection. It was man. a cassette to aux cord though. Like there was a cord that yeah. came out of the cassette. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And insane. then you put the cassette in the in the player. Of uh-huh. course. Yeah. My personal favorite remains the stereo that I got for my old car 
when I was out in Goodland. And two years later, when the car got totaled by a, a then Kansas Power and Light truck. Oh. Deciding to pull out in front of me on a, anyway. Um, I, you know, pulled the stereo, but my new vehicle, I didn't have a real need for it. So we dumped that stereo into my dad's 66 and a half Ford 4x4. Ooh. You talk about not doing that stereo any justice in terms of the speakers on that Ford. Oh, <laughs> that was an afterthought. They're like, speakers? I don't know. Throw the worst ones ever in there. Cra- Crazy train that sounded like it was coming straight out of an AM radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> Owen, what'd you get? What'd you say you got? What kind of car? Uh, my new one's uh, 2017 Nissan Sentra. Okay. Well, guys, uh, welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Owen Burke. Owen will answer the phone, 785-537-1350. They're open for the two hours of the show. I'm here through hour one, and towards the end of the hour, I'll bring you Jabroni of the Week. We do have Manhattan Hoops tonight from the MHS Gym. Homecoming tonight with the Indians hosting Emporia. Oof. And the approximate start time is at 545. Do have some breaking baseball news this afternoon. I'm sure if you've been following along with the news, you heard about this. Guys, an arrest has been made in mm-hmm. connection to the stolen Jackie Robinson statue out of out of Wichita. Finally, and this comes like what was has it been like three, four weeks yeah, since two, they yeah. found just the feet of the Jackie Robinson oh, statue, oh, and the rest oh. of it was found later on, just completely dismantled and. Top reason why it was stolen and dismantled in the first place, I would assume, is because of the copper. Yeah. All the copper inside of it. Yeah. Um, Ricky Alderete, taking a guess there, 45 years old, has been charged with felony theft of value of over $25,000, aggravated criminal damage to property, identity theft, and making false uh, information. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. This was a national story. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, and we'll have to dig into it further, but I'm curious the ties to the fact that they were able to locate a pickup. And they never did say, you know, they said that it was tied to it, but they never did say whether it was the owner under investigation or just who. And I've got a feeling, oh, Ricky may have been trying to pitch this off on someone else and turns out it was him that's where the identity theft part sure. comes into my head here and in, in terms of uh how this played out hey uh lucy ricky ain't coming home tonight that's for sure the statue is 95 percent lose that number 95 percent copper wow so yeah. i mean when you're somebody in a pinch sure and you need a few materials yeah we've had two stories recently of radio stations that have had their towers yeah, really? stolen. Yeah, don't come towers? for ours, please. Towers. One where the tower just completely disappeared. You're, you're kidding. 200-foot yeah. tower. These towers are, how, how long, how, you said 200 feet? Yeah. They're, they're yeah. huge. Um, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I, I, I learned. I get electrocuted. Quite, no, yeah, that's the thing is like, it's doable, right? Yes. Like, it's very doable, I've been told from certain people here uh, that is doable, but it's way dangerous. Like yes. it's just not a good idea. Correct. Yes. Yeah. On, on both counts. Very yeah. correct. Uh, it's not going to net nearly the money that they think yeah. that it's going to net. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, that and the Jackie Robinson. Like, there's nobody in Wichita is going to give you any money for that. They're going to go, you know what? Stay right there. <laughs> I'm going to make a couple phone calls. Well, it explains why he dumped into, into garbage and burned. He was trying to essentially do an old version of smelting it, apparently. Oh, Jesus. That's terrible. But I did hear they've raised quite a bit of money to get that. Yes. New one, so. Yes. Okay. Is everybody got a cold right now? Yeah. I went to Polar Plunge on Saturday and it just, I, I got rocked, man. Because I got a cold now. Yeah. Troy's been battling one. Owen? I'm so glad I'm across the glass. Give it a few days. days. <laughs> yeah. I got right? sneeze I over do, there. I have a, a known iron immune system, but I will tell you the break, the, the, Hole in the armor, daycare sickness. Yeah. Oh my God, I'll, I'll make sure and cop a little extra into that uh, mic sock tomorrow morning. <laughs> do that to yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, part one of today's breaking news of baseball. The other breaking news is Troy, the Royals have announced today the location of their brand new stadium. And I got to say, I think it's in the perfect spot directly south of T Mobile Center. It had been talked about for a while that this would be a tremendous place for them to be able to put it. It falls within Jackson County, and you're in a space where already you've got power and light involved. And you put the two together, and that's going to be a tremendous district if this comes to fruition the way that they look to put this together. Uh, for all of the things that we have said about where the stadium currently sits, and more so my issues have more to do with the neighborhood around, correct, and that there's nothing there. You talk about solving that problem right away by yes. being close to power and light. Big. Uh-huh. Yeah. Humongous deal. Uh, and on top of that, uh, again, a big part of that becomes redevelopment. And you're redeveloping an area uh, where right now, okay, you've got a strip club is one of the places that would be upended, uh, and a pokey bar. So, you know, I mean, you, you're kind of, you know, eliminating, <laughs> you're, you're eliminating some questionable, uh, in the process. Yeah. Let's just say property taxes are about to go up. Oh, yeah, probably yeah. so. Oh, yeah, probably a, so. Cool um, place over there. but, but, you know, and, and it's funny, I just saw someone on Twitter complaining about, uh, where they were talking about the difference in parking spaces, and there's more parking spaces in this area than what you have at the stadium, honestly. Isn't it over like 20,000 more spots? Yes, it is. And someone was like, yes, but you've got to walk this much farther. And and I'm like... It's not really that bad. Guys, no. Because not only that, you're walking through neighborhoods and areas where things are going on. Yeah. One of the great things that I loved about parking for Coors Field in the spot that normally we would park at. There was a bar in between the stadium and our usual parking spot that we utilized that was just known for jazz. And to walk by there on a game day or a game night, and the place was hopping. Yeah. And, you know, it... And, and it just was a different approach. You walk to your car in the parking lot at the Truman Sports Complex right now, and you don't get that feel. No. Game's over. It's done. I'm going to get run over. 
I've, Yay. Yeah. Oh, goody. I've got this much traffic to have to wheedle through. And mud. Yeah. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about this unveiling of basically what it's all going to look like when it's all done is between T-Mobile Center and the new Royals ballpark, you're basically going to have a bridge or a concourse in a way that's actually going to connect the two from the T-Mobile Center south side to which will basically be the center field entrance of the brand new Royal Stadium. That's one part of it. But also, you know, of course, what runs directly downtown and kind of it a little bit is, you know, underground in a way um, because of the uh, because of the area of town it's in is is the freeway of 670. Mm -hmm. So instead of it just being a bridge, now it's basically almost going to be five or six blocks worth of it being covered up. And it's going to be basically turned into a park. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to be now in the middle of downtown Kansas City. That's going to connect the two, new Royal Stadium with Power and Light, with T-Mobile Center, and even more going towards the west as well, those two areas. So now it's with the new stadium. Now downtown's going to look a lot more attractive. Right. And it's going to cancel out all, that tr all the traffic, all the noise that comes from 670, while you're walking down to the ballpark. One of again, one of the great things about the way that downtowns redevelop in, in this aspect, you know, Coors Field sits about eight blocks away from what's now known as Ball Arena. It used to be Pepsi Center. And Invesco Field slash Empower Field slash we still call it Mile High, damn it, <laughs> uh stadium sits on the other side of the interstate. But they're all within a range. They're all within a, a space where it looks like a great neighborhood. Oh, and you have Elitch Gardens, which uh, amusement park. So think worlds of fun thrown into the middle of downtown, in this case, or right up against the interstate. When it's all said and done, it allows for much better management of traffic flows, parking, all of it, when they're in a neighborhood like that. It just builds for a much better situation, especially given, you know, the the Truman Complex, while it is what it is in terms of the stadiums have been great, uh, let's be perfectly honest, the infrastructure around it has never been all that great in terms of dealing with the interstates. And being able to manage getting in and out of there. I think back to a night where in Denver you had a preseason Broncos game. You had a Rockies game at the same time. And Garth Brooks had sold out Ball Arena. And they were whipping people through there. I did not hear of anybody having more than a 45-minute wait in traffic that night. Because it got staggered well enough. And police had it routed so well that nobody was left literally having to fight to get out of there very hard. You do it right, infrastructure-wise, this could be slick. Very slick. And I, I like how this is going to check out. I really do. No, I like how attractive now it's going to be for people instead of like, especially us who live two hours away, driving up on a Friday night. You're, you're seven miles to the east of downtown Kansas City where there aren't very many hotel rooms. Right. It's not a great area. Yep. 
And now it's like, it feels like it's now more convenient. Oh, I don't have to go home. I could just, you know, I'm already downtown yep. get a hotel room. Hey, now I can maybe go to another game or go to some other event. Depends on the weekend. But now it makes it more of an attractive idea. And maybe one where you can save a little bit more money on potentially parking mm-hmm. um, with having it now as a downtown ballpark because you now have many different things in one area, places to eat, places to stay, entertainment. It's now all even more in one area thanks to this new downtown ballpark, which, by the way, let's wait four more years. <laughs> 2028 season is when it's expected to open up. I don't like it. You're going to take away grinders. So that's where a, a concert venue is. Grinders is that it's it's in that area where the yeah. stadium is. Yeah, it is. Really turned. Have up you ever been to Grinders though? Yeah, I have. I haven't. Who'd you it's see? Fantastic. They who'd do have see? pizza. Yeah, they do have good in concerts. Who who'd you see? Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. All right. And they are taking a strip there. club away from the city. That's just wonderful. I, I was going to say that. Yeah, it was Grinders you went to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That would be a great name show, for yeah. a strip. That would be a great name. That is um, a great name. Also, though. Hey, um, no, it's so good for that that area too because it's just it's either. Nothing or just under construction constantly. Like, and to know that they're going to put a little park in there too. And the way that they have it all, you know, the for the map view, it looks gorgeous. So, actually, I think grinders might be okay. There, there's talk. Come that, on, baby. There's talk that there will be an entertainment venue with it, though, too, in that development. <laughs> Don't you touch so. grinders. <laughs> We're doing the oh whole. My. Well, I'm trying to see, like, because it's. This is great. I, oh love I don't think it goes far enough south. So maybe grinders will be intact. But I mean, if anything, they're going to make money off of a move and then they're going to just go somewhere else. And That's true. I think grinders will be fine. It's a legacy. It's it's a legacy of its own, yeah, I would say. Yeah. I haven't been yet, but I do know they have a bunch of concerts during the summer. I've uh, been cool. wanting to go to one it's to go cool. check it out and eat the pizza. The anyway, pizza. let's take a break. When we come back, I'll let these two, Jabron, actually three of them, I've talked about it yesterday. Reaction to Super Bowl 58. Plus, I want to, you know, we're all broadcasters and uh, want to get their thoughts on uh, maybe Tony Romo should have laid out on that final call. It's coming up next game. Back on the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke. Got you at Jabroni of the Week coming up here in just a few moments. I'm out at 5 for Manhattan Hoops, hosting Emporia tonight, tipping off at approximately 6 o'clock for the girls' game. Boys will follow. Emporia girls, one of the best teams in the state right now. BriggsAuto.com and News Radio KMAN present Passport to Cabo, an all-expense-paid trip to Cabo San Lucas, two-bedroom beachfront condo, at Villa La Valencia, plus a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport. This week, register, register to become an instant finalist at Five Fleet Jewelers. And coming up Friday between 4 and 5 o'clock, first 10 finalists will be drawn for a free trip to Cabo. You know, Five Fleet Jewelers is celebrating 50 years of the jewelry biz. I heard that, yeah. And they're doing like a bunch of deals, plus they got their own drawing going on. So... 
bling up, and then head to Cabo. Well, yeah, for I mean, you bring up a good point. So going to Five Fleet Jewelers, get signed up to become an instant finalist for a free trip to Cabo St. Lucas. And by the way, uh, in case anybody forgot, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Maybe go take care of some business there as well. Colby Van Camp checked in with us this morning. He happened to be in Cabo for the weekend, pointing out that he, by the way, is now two for two when the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and he is in Mexico. Well, gotta keep it up, kid. Right? Exactly. Keep it up. So he he was he was raving about the trip. You know, if there was any topic from Super Bowl Fifty Eight that we would be most qualified to break down, critique, criticize, was the final play of the game, which Mahomes hits of all people. <laughs> Nicole I, Hardman. I instantly thought of you when he caught it. Because I remember three weeks after he came back, we were like, well, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. Well, <laughs> I, I remember doing the segment after he was picked up. I was like, well, I yes, the wide receiver group really stinks. But, I mean, at least he knows Mahomes and knows the playbook mm. and has been a winner. And, yeah, just a couple of weeks in, he wasn't doing anything. How, how do you get a feel if you're a Jets fan watching that on Sunday? Was that his one catch? Was that, I think it was his only catch, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty I don't sure. Know. He might have had two. But Man. on the final play, Jim Nance delivers, of course, the final call. Typically, in that scenario, you just let the visual and the sound play you out, and you take in the celebration. And Tony Romo wanted to do uh, something else, and that is basically explain the play. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. Okay, I'm just going to stop it there. He, he goes into a long explanation about the play while the celebration's going on. And then, you know, I will say, once they actually got to the replays, I thought Tony Romo did a beautiful job of explaining what exactly happened. And he's really good at that. Um. In that moment, Tony, we need to lay out and let Jim Nance take over. The analysis doesn't need to happen until after the celebration and we get to the replays. Now, I, I'm not going to criticize him too much. I mean, we I've been broadcasting now for 11, 12 years. Troy, 70, 80 years. DG has, <laughs> used to call some Manhattan Night football games. Oh, good grief. Troy, Owen called like, some games in college. Yeah, I did. Troy's like the Perry Ellis of, uh, oh, of games. <laughs> the hairline included. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How yeah. about a Perry Ellis drop uh, on today's show? I didn't know Dang. if that was allowed over here, but it felt fitting. I, I Again, I, I, I really like Tony Romo as a color commentator. I, I think he does a really good job. Doesn't try to be the whole predict every play before it happens guy. I think my biggest issue from that was on the actual call from Jim Nance. You can hear Tony Romo talking underneath him a little bit. I'm like, let's let's not do that. There's an area where a couple of things can happen. The first and foremost, if you're the director in that moment, mute his mic. You have control. Mute his mic. They very easily could have just cut everything besides. But also an extremely rare thing to happen. It is. I will grant you that. But it's a way at least to guarantee the situation. Um, 
Romo has not been on his game this year in any of the you broadcasts. Think? It has been uh, declining returns for Romo as an analyst. And in some ways, he and, and Nance did not feel in sync for much of this season. They lucked out in that they got a good game on Sunday. But even there, there were times. I don't know if you felt it, Dave. It, it, Owen, you're nodding the same thing. Yeah. Where they just never felt like that they were in sync this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a matter of that that, that they're not spending that uh, extra homework time together to try to figure things out. Or I, I don't know the dynamic right now to understand, but uh, we're not the only ones to notice it, I know. Uh, it's been it's been kind of a running theme with with some critics this year that that there's just there's something off in terms of of Romo and and Nance with that pairing this year. I just uh, he he was always what he was the Mister Predictor guy. I thought he was better than he is now because he did take a back seat sometimes. The under talking thing he won't shut he just won't shut up and then. His thing with he kept talking about how tired the Chiefs' defense was. Like he he mentioned like thirty times in a row, and it was like, dude, I don't know if he was was like gonna see. I told you they were tired, and that's what it's like. Of course they're tired. They're playing in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like you're tired. Everybody's tired. It's a long week. It's a long week, dude. Like I agree. The diminishing returns on the. I mean astronomic amount of money that he makes every season, they're not getting their money's worth anymore. I don't know if Tony needs to hit the links less or more or what, but he walked all over that final call. Uh, That was awful. I couldn't believe that. One of the things that has played out, Sean McManus remains the chairman of CBS Sports, but he's no longer the day-to-day manager of CBS Sports. And for those who don't know, you know, Sean McManus is the guy who put that pairing together in the first place and has been the guy that was instrumental in driving CBS Sports from the point where they got the NFL back, taking over the AFC package from NBC those years ago, uh, to really this latter point. And, and, in the process, there's there's just something that has fallen off. I, I don't know if it's a matter of that the coaching isn't there the way that maybe it used to be for Romo, the critiquing. Is there a case of, uh, you know, David Burson oversees it now as the, the president of CBS Sports. Is he just letting that kind of ride without a lot of input? Air check him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's your number one crew. I mean, personally, I I love the fact that Kevin Harlan is the number one on Westwood One Radio on a day like Sunday because he's stellar at it. The honest truth is he should be the number one guy on CBS, is, is in my viewpoint of it. Nance is okay. Nance has the role because he was the guy that followed Brent Musburger into the booth. But he's always been, to me, generic. I always have felt like that it, a, that Kevin Harlan would be a much better number one for them. That's my view of it. That's just what I think of Kevin Harlan. 
Seems to be uh, the way these companies go with generic play-by-play guys to be their number ones. Um, John Shambi, I think, is a great example of that. I don't think anybody is more basic of a broadcaster, just says the bare minimum, gets by with it, than John Shambi. Even his radio stuff is super basic. And yet he's still one of the main guys. Part of that, I think, is because he's been coached to do that because ESPN wants the analyst to be the show. Fran Fischilla, Dick Vitale, the analyst is the name, not the play-by-play guy. Owen? Yeah, I I mean, I have probably two, maybe three years of broadcasting experience. It's like color commentary number one. Firstly, don't ever step on the play-by-play's toes in the middle of a call. And secondly, you do not – like, I like the analysis that he gave there. But Dave, Dave Lappin in uh, Cincinnati would argue with you. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of people that would, but they're – there's nothing that sounds worse than when you hear Romo in the back of that call. Just from that point on, even if he didn't give the analysis, I'm like, we know better than this. Like, you've been doing this for a while now. You've listened to it for God knows how long. I don't know. I, uh, have I told the story about how the Summerall Madden pairing came to be? In that they actually tried to pair Madden with Vin Scully originally? Ooh, oh, wow. God. That's crazy. Uh, Terry O'Neill. Is is was a longtime producer at CBS. Had been at ABC. Went over to CBS. Eventually became the NBA producer on NBC. And he was at CBS at the point that they were revamping everything. And you had Summerall and Tom Brookshire had been their top team. They knew that they needed to break them up. There was more alcohol in the booth than there was words. <laughs> and. So they recognized that something needed to happen. Well, their idea for that change was that they would, that they wanted Madden in the booth. He was smart enough to recognize that there was something there with that spark, that there was, that Madden had something that would work. But he wasn't sure how he wanted to approach it with either Pat Summerall or Vin Scully, who was at the time under contract with CBS. And in fact, the radio call for the uh, for the uh, uh, Montana to uh, for the drive was it Vince the catch or the, the, drive? the catch the catch the catch yeah yeah that's Vin Scully's call on CBS radio that's insane okay so I mean you don't connect Vin with football all that much but no. at the time he did and he wanted that job so they did an eight week eight week pairing. And at the end of it, they made the decision, but word got out before O'Neill had had a chance to talk to everybody. And so two years later, Vin leaves for NBC and baseball for good. You know, so they lose Vin because of it. But the problem was, think about that pairing for a moment. Vin Scully and John Madden. There wasn't enough oxygen in the booth for the two of them. Yeah, that's... And, and, and that's where the flaw is. In that situation, at least, you know, Madden knew, knew to lay out in those situations. He did know. Romo forgot it in that situation this time around. But in many ways, you know, it goes back to that recognizing that there also has to be that, that air. There has to be room 
in that booth for both. Nance has done a nice job of massaging that over the years. When you look at who his partners have been, Romo made the mistake of being way too anxious. There's no doubt about that. And, and I'm thinking to myself, can you imagine had it been Vince Scully on the play-by-play and Tony Romo? Oof. He would have unhooked him. He would have he, he <laughs> yeah, he 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 hit you. Reach over there and yank the mic out. Uh, but, yeah, um, Vince Scully and John Madden in a booth together. Oof. It's just the, the name power of that alone is yeah. insanity. Yeah, but great call because John Summerall and, and John Madden – yeah, Pat Summerall and John Pat Madden. Sum, Pat yeah. Summerall and John, John Madden is, is became my a childhood. Legend. Became yeah. a legend. Yeah. Yeah. It, what it, I think of when I think of football yeah. on TV. The, the yeah. only flaw with that was just that he didn't get it get Vin contacted soon enough. I mean, that was da- that was Dallas Cowboys heyday oh, yeah. Fox broadcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still probably my favorite pairing I, I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I've ever heard. The Cotton Bowl. See, I can't even do Summerall well. I just can't. <laughs> well, wasn't it past Summerall and John Madden? Like, they would do the call on, like, the actual Madden games yes. for a while? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yes. That was, a, like, when that came into the game, it was like, oh, my God, it's really them, dude. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, by the way, real quick, D, just a real quick yes or no question. Is Patrick Mahomes the best football player of all time? <laughs> think. Think about it. Yes. Yes. And there it is. When we come back, Jabroni of the Week after these words. (laughs) Know your role and shut your mouth. You Jabroni. You Jabronis hit the jackpot. The Hollywood Brown Jabroni Hulk Hogan. Ow. Is this Jabroni's name? Jabroni of the Week. All right, here we go. Three dishonorable mentions. I will culminate with my Jabroni of the Week. Now, this is a bit of an odd dishonorable mention to start out here, but I, I felt like it was worth mentioning because this person has been a dishonorable mention probably, well, ever since the beginning of Jabroni of the Week, whenever I came up with the with the gimmick here, because this guy has been on such a losing streak. Uh, he's a Redditor by the name of I'm This Guy, and he publishes every year, he puts down a bet on, e- on every Super Bowl, and he has done so for a long time as a prediction. And we'll put money on it. Vegas Sportsbook, put it in. Heading into this year, he had lost that bet 16 straight Super Bowls. Oh, my God. Yeah. 16 straight. This year, the streak came to an end. He picked oh. the Kansas City Chiefs, and he won his bet for the first time in 17 years. Reverse yeah. jabroni. Reverse jabroni. Wow. Felt like it was worth mentioning. That I had guy. him on my list. I was like, he's probably going to lose. Nope, he he made the right call this year. Wow, I'd good do, for him. I'd love to see the total loss on those 16 yeah. years. Yeah, that looks like my uh, betting record right now. Well, <laughs> it just took a Super Bowl to be in Vegas to get it done yeah. in the last 16 days. Uh, all right, a real dishonorable mention here is J.J. Watt. What a weird weekend for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. It started with him going to his hotel gym and getting kicked out. He was at Encore, which is a hotel on the Strip, and the gym closed at 7 o'clock, and he got in a shouting matchup with the guy that was kicking him out. Whoa. He's like, who closes a gym at 7 p.m., which is a good question. (laughs) That is a good question. Nobody closes a gym at 7 o'clock. Come on. Um, I mean, if we're talking hotel gyms, definitely nobody closes at 7 o'clock. But also Sunday, uh, boy, nobody was roasted more than J.J. Watt. My God, what an ugly hairstyle that was for him on the show. He was rocking what I call a Ted Mosby. 
Ted Mosby was a character from How I Met Your Mother. He took his hair very seriously. He's like the floofy, fluffed up, yet looked like bedhead. Yeah. Whoa. And J.J. Watt, he's like, I, I decided to try a new uh, hairdo out. Hey, man, did he hear about it? Oh. It was re- really shown off at halftime. That's when he got the most of it. Yeah, let's not pick the most watched Super Bowl of all time to debut a new haircut. Let's do that, <laughs> yeah. JJ. Ah. You know, when I did my first ever TV um, game for K-State, it was during the volleyball NCAA tournament, and it was when K-State hosted, and I got a haircut, and I decided to do something a little bit different, and that was, you know, the part here on the uh, left side of the noggin, throw the hair over to the uh, right side, and uh, that was the first time I did it. And I have very thick hair. My hair plays by its own rules. And I kind of looked ridiculous at the end of the night. Just Ooh. was all messed up. I, I About the only thing that was missing with his hairdo on Sunday was frosted tips. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, he is a step away from it. You know what? He's in great shape. Bro. He's young. He's rich. He's famous. He needs this. Every, he needs a weekend like this every once in a while. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> My last dishonorable mention is going to go to Jackson Mahomes. Oof. Bruh. Uh, <laughs> just keep him coming. <laughs> so, in Vegas for Super Bowl 58, first of all, he is seen found hanging out with Travis Kelsey's ex-girlfriend, Kayla Nicole. Weird. And then, what was this, two days prior, maybe a day prior, I can't remember how prior it was to the Super Bowl, but Brittany Mahomes was at a nightclub there in Vegas to watch Rick Ross perform, and Jackson Mahomes was trying to get into her section to hang out, where he was just previously hanging out with Travis Kelsey's ex, who's been kind of crazy during this whole Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship, trying to expose Travis for his past ways and being a, trying to say he's being a scumbag and all that or whatever. Um, Brittany was like, nah, dude, you ain't coming in. And the security guard was like, nah, man, I can't let you in. And Brittany kind of gave him this look like, and then she kind of takes a look over back over towards the stage and rolls her eyes and whatever kind of look like at that point in time, she wanted nothing to do with Jackson Mahomes. Like this kid, like what's going to come first? Um, a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey proposal. Or people actually like Jackson Mahomes. Oh, oof, that's a great one. That's I don't a, think it is. When somebody actually starts to respect Jackson Mahomes, because he couldn't be less likable. Um, who's going to get into more trouble in the near future? Patrick Mahomes the second or Jackson Mahomes? That's an even better question. Yeah. yeah. Because they're both kind of on that path for the moment. And Jackson Mahomes the second is the dad, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah Patrick. Still- yeah. Brittany Mahomes was his oh, yeah, lifeline, Patrick, yeah. you know. Like, she, as right. long as she's on your team, the pass in, yeah. you can do, you can do no wrong. And she publicly did not want to just. She completely him in cold the shoulder. Club. Oh, yeah, beautiful. It was beautiful. I video. loved every second of it. You're out, baby. But finally, my jabroni of the week will go to San Francisco 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan. Really, what it breaks down is the whole. Overtime fiasco. Yeah. I mean, not only did he you know, give up a couple of fumbles, they had what they on the on the punt return. Ball goes off of 49ers, recovered by the Chiefs. The Chiefs score. San Francisco cannot score off a Patrick Mahomes ugly interception when Pat was just not playing well. But if you go to overtime, first of all, yes, they did elect to receive the ball. That's one thing. I you know they're being aggressive, but. It appears that the 49ers had no clue what the rules were, apparently. As a matter of fact, there were a number of 49ers players that said in postgame to media 
that they weren't aware of the new overtime rules in postseason play, which, you know, in the regular season, first team gets the ball, if they score a touchdown, the game is over. In the postseason, it's not that way. If they score a touchdown, the other team that gets the ball second has an opportunity to match their opponent's points. Well, there was that possibility in Super Bowl 58. 49ers kick a field goal, Chiefs score a touchdown. Kyle Shanahan said that they were actually prepping for when they got the ball third. <laughs> third? I, you know, I somewhat agree with it, but you gotta sco- you got to score a touchdown then. You cannot kick a field goal. you got to go score a touchdown. Why not go? Yeah, we didn't talk about it. Did you yeah. say you didn't talk about it? Do you it? forget that you're playing against Patrick <laughs> Mahomes? Yeah, I had such a war with the decision whether they should have kicked the field goal or not there. It's uh, that's a tough spot. Well, but let's, let's be real. with When it comes to certainly with college football and taking the ball first, it, you certainly like the knowledge of, okay, now that you're on offense and you're, you get the ball second, you know what you need to do to get it done. You definitely have a different strategy than the team that has the ball first. It's it's a different mentality, different strategy, different approach. Fourth downs are obviously going to be different between Dude. the two sides depending on who gets the ball first. I just, I for one, I appreciate and I respect this guy. He keeps coming up with new and, and creative ways to blow a lead in the Super Bowl. I, for one... I'm impressed, and I appreciate him. Thanks for giving me something to talk about on a Tuesday on the game. All right, we got to get out. I'm heading over to Manhattan High School. The boys take over for the rest of the show. Hour two of the game is coming up next.